everyone. Thanks for tuning into the message podcast of French Church. My name is Alessandra. I'm one of the team members here, and we're so glad that you're joining us. It's been really encouraging to hear stories from people all over the country and the world who are listening in. We really hope that our messages are resonating with you. We also wanted to say thank you to those who are contributing to Friends Church. All of the things we're able to do, it's because of people who donate regularly. Even small, consistent gifts help a lot. If you haven't had the chance yet to give, I would encourage you to maybe think about doing that, especially if it's been beneficial in your own journey. To do that, it's really easy. Just go to our website, friendschurch.ca, and click on the Donate tab, or download our French Church app and click on the Give tab. Thank you so much for tuning in. Enjoy this week's message. Morning, everyone. Welcome to Friends Church. That was nice, wasn't it? Yeah, really nice. Before we get started, we're going to have a kind of a all over the place day today. We're going to go music and talking and different people talking. So just sit back, enjoy the ride. Think of it like surfing more than anything else. But before we do, I want to talk about next week. At Friends Church, we always want to tell you guys what's coming up. And to tell you that, I want to tell you just a quick story. Talked to a friend of mine. He just uh, took on a new job. Probably feeling what most of us are feeling in a new job. A little nervous, a little freaked out. Got his major first evaluation. Came back glowing. They found like one little thing. It was like, you didn't cross your T over here. Like something so little and in the corner and nothing that it was just a home run. And he said, I felt nothing but dread avoided. I didn't feel happy. I didn't feel proud. I just felt the sense of, oh, I avoided one bad performance review, but the next one's going to get me. He's like, why couldn't I feel joy or pride? You see, emotions in our lives are kind of sticky told a story recently. Well, actually, we've been doing a series a couple months ago. We talked about this idea of relationships or desire built by somebody bidding, usually by an emotion, and someone responding to the bid. So if I, you know, feel sad, oh, that's too bad. My partner goes, oh, yeah, that is too bad. We feel connected. told a story about someone being angry and someone responding to the anger in this beautiful moment of anger with them. I told it to a bunch of friends, like, can you believe this person's like the ninja of relationships? And the, the, the room just went kind of dead, flat, quiet. And I was like, am I just a really bad storyteller? What just happened here? As we walked out, I talked to someone. I said, hey, what, why didn't that anger respond to anger? Bid, did, what was that all about? And they said, well, that person shouldn't feel anger, should they? And then they paused and they said, can tell they're going into their head, oh, I'm not comfortable with anger, am I? Brene Brown says, you can't selectively numb emotions. You either numb them all or you feel them all. Relationally, spiritually, all the different ways in our lives, how we can feel or whether we can feel emotions has a profound impact on how we can love the people around us how we can enjoy our lives, and how we can actually do this spiritual thing that we're all here to do. 
So we're going to invite you next week to start getting into the deep end. Don't worry. Wouldn't it be awesome to just have like a whole morning of just like blazing anger where we just scream the whole time? Wouldn't that be fun? Anyone like anger? We're going to help you guys learn the skills to go into feelings and out of feelings. Not get stuck in them. Not get overwhelmed by them. But be able to use them when they need them. So I want to invite you starting next week to come out. It's going to be tough. It's a spiritual workout, but that's what we're here for, right? Okay. I'm going to pass it over to Kelty, and then we're going to keep going here for a second. Hey, good morning. My name is Kelty. Welcome. Happy Easter. Um, I haven't been here in person for a long time, and it's really nice to see all of your faces. Um, there are certainly a number of folks that I haven't seen in a very long time, like that family, straight up ahead. Um, so welcome and happy Easter. This is the part of our service where we, uh, really, where it's my opportunity to thank you, to say thank you for what you do to allow Friends Church to exist. Um, as you know, every time I get up here, I tell you that we are a self-funded organization, that really it is through the generosity of the people at French Church, whether you're here in person or whether you're at home, your generosity allows us to bring these services to you every Sunday, allows us to go in the community and give back and make the world a better place for other people. So I want to thank you. If you are interested in giving to Friends Church and you haven't before, or you want to take a look at what your current gift looks like and maybe give that a little pump up, you can do that in a couple of ways. We have right through the app, if you go onto the website, you can click on the donate link and it'll take you through to our app, which will allow you to set up either a one-time gift or a repeating gift. Alternatively, there's a stack of envelopes at the back of the room if you're here in person. Please feel free to fill one of those out and hand it to Jeff or Vince on your way out the door. Or if there's another way that you'd rather give to us, no problem. We will take anything you've got. So just reach out to Jeff or Vince and we can figure out the best way to get your gift working at French Church. As Vince said, there is a packed morning, so I will not take more of your time this morning, but really wanted to say happy Easter, good morning, and thank you so much. Kelty's like our, our in-house flight attendant with all the, all the information that she relays so effortlessly. Good morning, everyone. Um, I say, I'm Jeff. If, if you're new here, we just really hope that you'll feel welcome along with all our regulars. So I, uh, Kathy and I are rolling over 30 years we've been married. This is, uh, this is crazy. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, did he get married at 12 years old? I, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. No, it was 14 that we got married. When we, uh, when we decided to get married, you know, there's, there's a lot of discussions. We remember in those early days, we said, man... Let's not allow our relationship, our marriage, to end up like some people we've seen. You know, in our families, we had witnessed a lot of misunderstanding, a lot of heartbreak. Probably, if we're really honest, a lot of unhappiness in marital relationships. And we just said, let's not do that, okay? Like, if we're going to do this, let's, let's keep the dream alive. Let's... You know, let's not become that old grumpy couple that, in that loveless relationship. Let's, let's keep this thing sizzling. And, you know, it, it, there was no formal plan. We just said, you know, date nights. Let's make sure that we, we always prioritize them, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and let's make sure we carve out the time for, a, you know, the, the occasional weekend getaway. Let's do that. Yeah, in my mind, I'm thinking, man, I'm going to, 
I'm going to be good. Like, I'm going to get those little gifts here and there. I'm going to leave the, I had seen people talking about leaving a little sticky note on the bathroom window or on the bathroom mirror in the morning. When her, she walks in, she's going to see it. You know, I love you. I thought, oh man, this is going to be great. Those early, that, that honeymoon season was intoxicating. We couldn't, we couldn't get enough of each other. I'd be talking to her at work. How things, you know? Phone her at lunch. Phone her at 2.30. What's going on? Oh, not too much. Same thing about, about an hour ago. <laughs> but then life started happening, right? We started having a family. Morning sickness. Diapers. Sleep. Deprivation. We dropped down to one income. Oh, now the stress is building. We, uh, my career started getting busier and more stressful. Man, it's like all these different things coming at us and very subtly, very subtly, we found this intoxicating relationship slowly turning into what felt like a business relationship. You know what I mean by that? It's just like, Man, we're just, we're just trying to remember to put our, I'm trying to remember to put my shoes on the right way and we're, tr- we're doing our best not to raise three criminals and keep food on the table and are the bills paid. We're just, we're just trying to hold it together. Date night, man, by the time Friday rolls around, we want to just go to bed and sleep. <laughs> You know, flannels, wool socks, you name it, man. We're just like survival mode. Every now and then we'd find ourselves in one of those ugly seasons where we were grumpy, tired, short with each other. And I think we'd look at each other and go, what happened? Yeah, but this wasn't, was supposed to happen. You know, I think our early days especially are a lot like our spiritual journeys in many respects. You know, you, you have this epiphany perhaps for some of you, you got dragged into friend's church one day by a friend or you, you heard about it. And you came walking in, wide-eyed and skeptical, perhaps. Or maybe you got turned onto a podcast, or you read a book, and for the first time in maybe ever, it's like it opened up a window to something deeper and wider. A new way of living and relating to your world. Just... Just a a deeper sense of life. And you're sitting there going, what the heck? I've been living in the shallow end my whole life. And all of a sudden I'm realizing life can be so much better. So much more meaning. I can actually make a difference with my life. And in that moment you're going, God, here I go. Here I go. Maybe in some way you you stepped out and you said, okay. Maybe there was a relationship in your life. You said, man... I haven't been acting the way I can in this relationship. So you set out to do it differently, 
to be more sensitive, to be less selfish, whatever it is. And you're doing it and you're working the plan. But then, you know what? That person perhaps turns around and is rude or insensitive. Maybe all these efforts, there's no thank you. There's no sign of change. And inside it cuts a bit and you go... Maybe at one point you're going, you know what? I hear these people talking about using their finances to make a difference. And I want to do that. I've never given a dime in my life. You know what? I've never thought about carving out some money to give away. And in your mind, you're going, man, I know of some causes. Or I see that family in need. I'm, I'm going to start spending a little less and I'm going to, and, and everything is going well. But then, you know, life. Maybe you, you make a bad investment decision. All of a sudden it's like, oh, oh, oh no. Or you get caught being a little impulsive. You make some, you know, you, you purchase some stuff online or you say yes to some things and, and all of a sudden end of month comes and you're going, oh my God, I, I'm barely going to have enough money for the bills. And that, idea that you had of originally making it uh. some people say i have never volunteered in my life for anything i've never signed up for a cause i've never i've never given my time and my time you know what i hear them talking about doing this kind of thing i'm gonna do that but then you know what we start saying yes to the wrong things over committing ourselves in different ways and you find yourself in that moment like kathy and i when you're looking at it your life, and you're going, what the heck? This wasn't the way it was supposed to happen. I had an idea of something better. It wasn't intentional. It wasn't even malicious. Man, it was all the best intentions, but you didn't end up in a place that you had planned. is that? What do you call that when that happens? When something just subtly kind of knocks you off the path? I'm betting that perhaps in some way this has happened to you. It can happen, geez, work takes a turn for the worse. You're working harder than you've ever worked for less money. Sometimes it happens in the little unhealthy choices we make. My diet. And I think, you know, what's the big deal? Maybe, I, you know what, I'm going to have an extra drink or three tonight. Big deal. You know what, yeah, I know I should be going to bed, but... Pfft. I want to step and watch this thing. We don't see how these little things matter, but then in the end, we find ourselves slowly somehow off the path, grumpy, distracted, hurting. Maybe there's something you've been avoiding. You know it's the right thing to do, but man, you know, life's full. You can figure out a hundred reasons why you shouldn't do it. So you avoid it.
Can you spot a way that perhaps a little thing in your life has just knocked you off your path, even a little, that leaves you today kind of looking at what you wanted, what was best, what was the right way, and you go, I had the best intentions. And now I'm missing it. As we all navigate our spiritual journey, I think we probably all have had those moments. And like Jeff said, it's not intentional, it's not malicious, it's just I, I plan to go here, but now I'm here. And so today we want to work on that part of our lives, help you. So if you're willing, I just want to invite you, if you look under your seat, there's a piece of paper and a pencil. I spent quality time wiping off all your pencils for you so they're nice and clean. If you're open to it, take it out. Sorry in the balcony, I did not realize someone was going to be sitting up there. You guys are just going to have to use your brains. Here's what I want you to do. Without shame, without guilt, that's not what we're doing here today, but try and pinpoint the thing that knocked you off the path of your spiritual journey. Some it could be as simple as, you know, kids' sports was on Sunday. And I had planned to go to church, but now I can't. Next person, it's, you know, I plan to wake up and meditate so that my, my day be different, but, you know, I started working later, and we have this busy schedule, and, you know, I have no time to relax, and so I went to bed later, and I slept through my meditation this morning. Whatever it is, try and spend some time thinking, what is the thing that knocks you off your journey, your spiritual journey? Some of us, <laughs> for me, it's a personality issue half the time, right? I'm not doing the work that I need to do to feel as open-hearted as I can be. Maybe for some of us, it's just... You know, things kind of hit the fan and I, I didn't even realize it. And the next thing I know, that thing that was important to me spiritually is something I did six months ago or a year ago. What's the thing that knocked you off? Is it just life? If you're open, write something down. We're going to use that piece of paper later because we want to help free you and get you back on track. The band's gonna play a song that I think is so spot on for this moment. And as they do, whatever the emotion comes up, whatever it brings to mind, just write it down. If you're sitting next to somebody who you don't wanna see, just write it in code, LF, right? At the end, we're gonna use that piece of paper in a way to help for you, okay? You know, if you uh, wrote something on your card under your chair, you're thinking about it, I did. Like, what do you call these things? Like, just life. It's just stuff, right? <laughs> it's not like evil stuff. <laughs> Over the past four weeks, we've been exploring ways that we make life miserable for ourselves and others. <laughs> the way we make a mess of things. 
You know, our umbrella term for it has been traditionally the word sin. For some of us that grew up in traditional religious circles, that word kind of makes me recoil a bit. But we've been unpacking it, looking at it from different lenses to see actually, it actually has some usefulness. If you've been joining us, maybe you'll remember Vince opened up the series talking about two specific different uses of the word sin. One was the most traditional. That, uh, that goes back to uh, the original sin. The one, if you've been in church circles for very long, you've heard the story. You know, the character God tells Adam and Eve, these two first people in the Judeo-Christian tradition, Look it, you got this whole garden. You can do whatever you want. You can have whatever you want. Just don't eat the fruit that comes from that tree in the middle of the garden, that tree of good and evil. Avoid that. And what do they do? Man, now those fruit looks good. Man, they just, <laughs> they couldn't help themselves. The temptation to have that forbidden fruit. Mm. They do it, and what happened? It's like it, it was like this train wreck that started. They broke the rules, transgressed it, broke God's prohibition. God says, all right, now you're going to get it. A large part of our religious tradition has been around rules, and it's worked well for many. They kind of lay out the rules and they say, look, don't break these rules or there's trouble. I mean, the big guy will be really upset. And so that's worked. That's been all some people have had. That's all they needed. Okay, if you say so, I don't want to get in trouble, I won't. But for many, they look at the rules and go, wait a second, that doesn't seem right. And so then we do it. Whatever it is, we eat the apple. And we're waiting for lightning to strike. And it doesn't strike. Well, hey, what the heck? But then we live with this guilt and the shame. Jeez, I broke the rule. And ooh. That's one way to sin. We've made a mess of things as we've created a lot of guilt, toxic guilt and shame in our lives from breaking rules. Someone laid out for us. But Vince then talked about another way that we can make, make a mess of things. I want you to meet Giga Chad. Have you, uh, I think... We had that image there. Do you got that handy? Oh, you don't? If you were here, Vince showed this picture of Giga Chad. And he's this, I don't know, it's a, cult, a cultural construct of this picture of masculine perfection. Square jaw, tall, muscular, you know, this incredible, you know, you know, beard that's going on. I mean, the guy just looks unreal. Somehow with this cultural construct, we've said, man, if, if us guys, oh, there he is. That's Giga Chad. If you, if, if you could just be like Giga Chad, guys have bought into, man, we get the girl, right? Or, or, or life becomes so much easier. People respect you. You're the man. It's a picture of perfection. And what ends up happening is whether it's 
guys who are chasing the Chad dream or it's super moms that are chasing this image on Instagram of that mom that does everything perfectly and right and has everything always in order. Or the businessman that makes just, writes golden deals all the time and is just climbing the corporate ladder. Whatever the picture of perfection, we end up start chasing it, chasing it, chasing it. Peter Rohr says that you chase that thing, but we never, ever get there. And that need for perfection, we actually believe it's even achievable. He says when, when you buy into the belief that some form of perfection is actually achievable, and you, you start chasing, and you end up in a place where it's just always eluding you, it's, it's never coming, you begin to believe there's something wrong with me. Some, I'm broken in some way. He says that thing becomes like an anchor around your neck. He says that right there is sin. What that does to you and your view of yourself and your place in this world gets warped. That was, that was the first week of the series. Second week, I brought this guy out. This good-looking guy. <laughs> I talked about this, uh, these personas, these identities that we take on. These... Um, these images, these identities that we want the world to see of us. And you have your own identities that you've wanted people to believe about you. I've said, man, I, I want people to think I'm a good dad. I want to be a good dad. I, I want that to be a part of my identity. I want to be successful. Man, I want, to, I, I want to be seen as spiritually wise. I want to be seen as a loving husband. Like I've taken on these labels. I want to be the cool guy. I want to be a good guy. I want people to look at me as he's athletic. And, and, and those are fine. They're all healthy. But man, you, it's when we become too attached to them. And then one day, man, I lose the golf game. Jeez. My identity as a good golfer is being threatened. Or my kids start making mistakes. And I'm kind of going, oh, geez, what does that say about me as a dad? You see, these identities, when we get too wrapped up in them, they have a way of coming back and heaping pressure on us. Pressure. You've got to perform. You've got to do this. Paul Tillich says, as we get immersed in these identities, we actually begin to separate from who we really are. You see, here's the thing. That's not me. Those are things that I, that I, I appreciate and I value. But I'm way deeper than any label that I'd slap on there. When I lose sight of that, and my life becomes so immersed in this, Paul Telk would say, the separation is sin. It leads you into dark places. Last week, Vince came back and he started talking about the monster that we become. When we actually begin to look at other people, even ourselves, in ways that are negative, when we lose sight of the divine spark inside each one of us, that guy who's texting and driving and swerving in and out of traffic and knocking people out of their lane. It's like, what the heck? An ex-partner, spouse, who's made your life miserable. Maybe it's a boss who is just so understand, a misunderstanding of your place in life. I could, uh, the neighbor that's always leaving trash on the front yard or too loud at night. And what ends up happening is we begin looking at these people in these warped ways where they become monsters. 
changes the way that we react to them. Richard Rohr would say, when we fail to see the divine spark in each of the people around us, and they become villains, they become the other, they become the enemy, they become monsters. He says, that's sin. You can see how all these different things make a mess of things, can't you? It's a really interesting way of looking at sin, isn't it? Not as prohibition, transgression, hell at the beginning, but what's getting in the way of our lives? How are we, how are we hijacking the things that we want? We started this message saying, we're on this spiritual journey, whatever that looks like. For some people, it's the first moment of their spiritual journey. Some people have been doing this their whole lives, but we're on this journey and we keep getting knocked off. And so sin is that thing that knocks us off. And so the last view of sin I want to share with you, and that's what's, this is what's going to pull Easter into this and kind of wrap up this series, is by a Jewish rabbi. If you ever get a chance to read him, he's incredible. His name is Rabbi Kushner. And so f- to explore his view of sin, he shares a story that he kind of interprets from a writer named Shel Silverstein, another Jewish author. Let me just read it to you. Once there was a circle that was missing a piece. A large triangular wedge had been cut out of it. The circle wanted to be whole with nothing missing, so it went around looking for its missing piece. But because it was incomplete, it could only roll very slowly, you know. So it rolled through the world slowly. And as it rolled so slowly, it admired the flowers along the way. It chatted with the butterflies and enjoyed the sunshine. It found lots of pieces, but none of them fit. Some were too big, some were too small, (laughs) some were square, some were too pointy. So it left them all by the side of the road and kept searching. One day, it found a piece that fit perfectly. It was so happy. Now it could be whole with nothing missing. It incorporated the missing piece into itself and it began to roll. And now that it was a perfect circle, it could roll very fast. Too fast to notice the flowers. Too fast to talk to the butterflies. When it realized how different the world seemed when it rolled through so quickly, it stopped. It left its missing piece by the side of the road and rolled slowly away, looking for its missing piece. How much of our lives do we focus on what's incomplete, on what's not perfect? If only I could be Giga Chad. (laughs) I thought Jeff was going to put up a picture of himself there. If only we could, if only I was better at this, if only I had this job, if only this didn't happen to me, if only I was perfect. Just curious question. Anyone ever have, don't put up your hand, but relationship issues where things are struggling? Who do you want to talk to? Giga Chad, who's never had a relationship issue in his life? 
or somebody who's gone through the very thing you have, who's wrestled with the very pain and suffering you have and has made it through to the other side. That's who I want to talk to. I want to talk to somebody who feels what I feel, who's gone through what I'm going through. That's, we have very few rules up here. One of the rules is you got to share your shit. Am I allowed to say that in church? I just heard a hump behind me. Right? I am not perfect. I know that's a surprise to you all. I'm not. I got all kinds of problems. <laughs> I share them with you regularly. But that's the beauty of who we are. Because, newsflash, we're all imperfect. And that's okay. In fact, that's beautiful. When we accept our imperfections and we start you know, jumping through life, we see things differently. We see the pain of the people who struggle like we do. I love that idea. When I rolled slowly, I could see the flowers. My wife's a florist, so we can see the flowers. We could talk to the butterflies. How much of life is missed in the pursuit of perfection? And how much of real life happens when we realize we're all imperfect? It's what we all share. Now at this point you're asking yourself, what does this have to do with sin? Let me just read a quote from Kushner. There is wholeness about a man or a woman who has learned that he or she is strong enough to go through tragedy and survive. The person who can lose someone through death, through divorce, through estrangement, and still feel like a complete person, at that point, nothing can scare you. You've been through the worst and come through it whole. When we've lost part of ourselves and can continue rolling through life and appreciating it, we have achieved a wholeness that others can only aspire to. You see, the wholeness isn't in being perfect. The wholeness is bumping through life in imperfection. Did you catch the end of the story? When it realized how different the world seemed when it rolled through so quickly, it stopped, left its piece by the side of the road, and rolled slowly away, looking for its missing piece. You see, here's the thing. Kushner says, we're all imperfect. And let's be honest, we're all imperfect. No news flash there. Here's where he says it's sin. When you let that imperfection stop you from striving. When you let that issue in your life stop you from striving to be more. Folks, I'm not, my limbic system is not that open. Jeff, amazingly beautiful open limbic system, right? He feels emotions. We can feel it from him. Me, not so much. It's one of my imperfections. When I use it as an excuse to not answer a bid through an emotion, when my wife comes home sad, and instead of being like, oh, babe, that's, that's brutal, I'm like, mm, you should just not do that. I don't want to feel sadness. Right? I can use my imperfection as an excuse to not strive. That, Kushner says, is sin. We had you guys write down on a piece of paper the thing that knocked you off your journey, your spiritual journey. 
There's no shame in something knocking you off. But here's the thing that Kushner wants us to wrestle with. Are we using that as an excuse to not try? Oh, it's been busy at work. Oh, I'm not good at that. Oh, my kids. Oh, my values. Oh, my finances. Where are we using that as an excuse to not strive for more? Let me say it in a better way. Where am I? Where are you using your imperfections and my imperfections as an excuse to not strive for more? We sat with the band and we said, hey guys, here's what we're talking about. How can we work together? And Gregory came up with this song. I think it's called Dare You to Move. It's, it's this idea that says, hey, we're stuck in our imperfections. And again, it's okay. But we're using them as an excuse to not strive for more. He said, what if we dared all of us to move? So as the band plays, I want you to sit with your imperfections, not because there's a problem with them, but ask yourself, where am I using them as an excuse to not strive for more? Yeah, the song, I've known it for a long time. I hope it's familiar to at least some of you in the room today, but if not, the words are going to be up on the screen. Um, the song has also often helped me when I feel like I've gotten stuck in my own imperfections. There's times where I knew that I wasn't measuring up or I wasn't happy with who I was as a person. And, uh, you know, the song is just such a great, powerful message. Um, there's a couple of lines specifically that really stick out to me today is, you know, in the bridge here it says, maybe redemption has stories to tell and maybe forgiveness is right where you fell. And so... Yeah, hope this song means something to you this morning. I'm going to read to you the Easter story today. The Easter story in the Christian tradition is about death and often life of the man named Jesus. It can be seen as more than that in many traditions focus on all kinds of aspects of this, as many as we can talk about. But today I want to tell you the Easter story through the rabbinic view through this view of sin that Rabbi Kushner talks about. This idea that our imperfections hold us back from striving to be better, to be more whole. But more than that, I want to tell it through the highest, most holy holiday in the Jewish calendar. It's a day called Yom Kippur. And that's the ritual we're going to actually do today. It's not going to be exactly Yom Kippur. We're a Christian tradition, so we're going to kind of take that and take a left with it. Is that okay? But to celebrate Easter today, I want to encourage you to think about this in your own life. The Yom Kippur tradition goes like this. Once a year after much preparation in the most holy places in the community, the leader will call all the people together. And into their midst will be brought a goat. I tried to purchase a goat for this morning, but bylaw services doesn't like goats. Whatever. But after much personal soul searching, after examining where we've been imperfect, where we've made bad decisions, where our values got in the way, where personal issues have, have sidelined us, after looking at the root cause of all this and writing it down on a piece of paper, 
stuff that's holding us back on our spiritual journey. It's getting us off track. In a symbolic gesture, the leader puts their hand on the goat, and all the stuff you wrote down, all the stuff that I wrote down, gets transferred to the goat. In an ancient ritual, they send the goat out of town. The feeling that we will feel if we're open to it is all the past, all the mistakes, all the things that have happened to us that didn't work out. Symbolically, they're gone. You're free. We get to start fresh. Just let that sink in for a moment. All the mistakes, we let them go and we start this year fresh. The Easter story in the Christian tradition in the eyes of one ancient commentator says this, Jesus used his servant body just like the goat on Yom Kippur to carry our past sins to the cross so we could be rid of them. Free to live the right way. And this reading the Easter story is a story where all that stuff that's knocked you off the path, it goes away. We start fresh tomorrow, right now. Whatever that is in your spiritual journey that you need to do, that I need to do, could be coming to the spiritual gym, could be how you treat someone you love, could be how you use your money or your time, could be certain practices you do. Start them like it's the first time. Not after years of doing it and then not doing it and then doing it better and then not doing it. No, no, that's all gone. Start fresh. And that's the version of the Easter story we want to share with you today. Your uh, tradition, our kind of Easter tradition, because we don't have the goat, we've, uh, we've found fire will work. <laughs> so... So what we do around here, and if you've been joining us for the last little while, last couple years, we've found a, a ritual, a tradition that seems to resonate, makes sense. We take these cards, represent something that got us off track. Whatever it is, I wrote down a few of mine. And we... Uh, we say, yeah, it's, it's time to start over. Yeah, that, that sucks how life went that time and how it's tri- trickled into kind of where I am right now, but that's okay. I'm going put to this, put this in this bin. In fact, we're going to invite everyone to take their card. If you wrote something down, I know that our virtual community won't get a chance to do this, but maybe you'll throw yours on the barbecue at home or on the oven, don't set off any fire alarms. But you'll have a moment to just say, this happened, it happened. And yeah, it led to where I am today, but today we're gonna, we're gonna cap it and we're gonna start new. The next part of this ritual begins after the burning. It begins when you drive away today, when you wake up tomorrow morning and you say, okay, 
I got my fresh start. Hey, we're, we're getting back to date nights. Or we're going to get, I'm going I'm I'm to do that morning ritual that I once was doing that worked so well. I'm going to start back on that podcast that had a way of opening up my mind and, and setting my intentions so well. You know what? I'm going to back off drinking because it's been leading me into some dark places lately. You know what? I'm going to start getting to bed earlier because it just it makes me someone I don't want to be the next day. I don't know what your thing is. I don't know what it is that got you off track. But, but as soon as this is burned, now you got your opportunity to get back on the horse. So that's our invitation today. Take your card. We're going to have it at the back. COVID rules make this a little tricky. We would have normally had you all come down. It gets too close. We're going to wear a mask. We're going to take all these cards. And we're going to light them on fire out in the patio. And you're more than welcome to join us. It's a symbolic thing. But we're inviting you to experience that fresh start. That Easter now has become for us an opportunity to, to reignite what you once wanted. You got your chance. Make the most of your chance today, would you? Thank you for joining us today. We're going to have a little burn ceremony out in the back. For those of you that are watching virtually, maybe we invite you to have your own little burn ceremony, all right? Um, don't use plastic uh, garbage cans, all right? <laughs> Have a great and happy Easter, everyone. We wish you a year ahead that is filled with your best intentions leading you to a spiritual journey that you really want. That's our prayer for you. Have a great day, everyone.